Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we offer Classic Patrick and Classic Mark as paid DLC. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined as I am always joined by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including a bunch of paid DLC coming to LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. And then on Thursday, Kirby Month continues with our review discussion, I don't know what you want to call it, of Kirby Planet Robobot for the Nintendo 3DS. But Mark, in the meantime... How you doing? I'm doing great. I have a question for you, Patrick, right yes. off the bat. Yes. What era of your life would be classic Patrick Ooh. if it was available as DLC? Oh, my God. Well, I feel like, okay, if it's available as DLC uh-huh. and it's in the context of an artistic endeavor that I'm undertaking with you, it's got to be like UCB 301. Oh, right? yeah. Like, mm. When when we first met in improv class. For sure. When we were going to Herald Night and the jam and all these kind of things. Like, it would be, you know, I'm wearing, like, jeans and a flannel. <laughs> I was going to say, I was, I was just thinking, I was like, what sartorially yeah. would be different about myself? Maybe I have better fitting jeans now? Maybe. M- maybe, but I was thinner. <laughs> I was running more. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think yeah, that's a that's a great. I think both of us just had like a glimmer of hope in our eyes. <laughs> that's that, a, <laughs> I mean that that that's a solid that's a solid era for sure. Uh, and I like the fact that it's us together. Yes, because the only other time like when else would be <laughs> the classic era of my life? Well, I mean, of course, when you were uh, the football quarterback in high school. Oh, of course, right? yeah, yes, that's right. The uh, stereotypical mm-hmm. football quarterback. You know, like beautiful cheerleaders under every <laughs> under each arm, a hundred and ten pounds, yep. wearing a Tron T-shirt with like Drew Carey glasses. Ah, uh, yeah, just the picture of athleticism for sure. Yeah, I don't think it's fun to think of what uh, classic versions of uh, real people are. Yeah, let's not do that <laughs> it's, it's anymore. Not, it's no good. Let's move along. I don't like it. Uh, speaking of classic versions of things that are no good, uh, my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. Would you like to borrow it? You can. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com and give us a mailing address where we can send you my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. There may be a copy of Untitled Goose Game in there instead of Sonic Forces. Uh, that's just a thing that happens. A goose is a mischievous animal. We can't control it. You play the game, whatever it is, for as long as you want. You send it back. It doesn't cost you anything. It's the perfect borrowing program. Another thing you can do is you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcast. I feel like we're learning recently that most people are not getting their podcasts from Apple Podcasts. But we talk about it all the time. Like it's something um, Yeah. people are where everybody is, where the buzz, the hive of activity. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's still the, it's the first, if not the most ubiquitous at present. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, so we should probably just be saying like, rate us on Spotify, right? Yeah. 
I mean, I guess what we're saying is probably still true, which is right, rate right. us wherever you can. Right. But also is still true. We appreciate it sincerely. Everybody who ha- has rated us, everybody is, who is on the cusp of rating us, everybody in the future who will rate us, we appreciate it a lot. Um, it helps people find the show. It helps uh, the show grow. Patrick and I love reading them. Mm-hmm. And we check the U.S. Uh, Apple Podcast Store to see if people have left us reviews because that is the one place that we know of where you can leave written reviews that include like a name that we can shout out, a username. So if you do leave us a five-star review on the US Apple Podcast Store, we see it. We will give you a shout out and thank you so much. If you leave us a review anywhere else or you share the show in some other way, totally hit us up. Let us know on through email, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we would love to give you a shout out. Yeah, uh, we we love seeing that stuff. So thank you uh, again to everyone who has already done it, and thank you uh, if you're thinking about doing it uh, and are actually gonna you know take the step to actually to go ahead and do it. Mark, it's March, which means it's Kirby Month, which means every topic episode this whole month we are talking about Kirby games. Um, this Thursday we are discussing the 3DS game Planet Robobot. Uh, on the 17th, we will be determining the 10 best Kirby sub-games. On the 24th, we will be discussing weird Kirby games featuring Kirby's Dream Course. So calm down, you Kirby's Dream Course freaks. We'll get to it. Uh, and then on March 31st, we will be having a deep, in-depth, thorough conversation about Kirby and the Forgotten Land, the brand new game coming to the Nintendo Switch. And it... Was just happenstance that Kirby and the Forgotten Land is releasing in March when, uh, because we were planning on doing Kirby Month before the release date was known. But I've got to tell you, the timing could not be more perfect because every day it feels like since Kirby Month began, I've yes. been waking up and there's some Kirby, there's some little or bit of Kirby news happening. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's like we're living in a Kirby dream, and I could not be enjoying it more. Well, it's also helping me because I, you know. Prior to Kirby Month and our commitment to Kirby Month, I had not played that many Kirby games, right? Uh, so I feel like I am really boning up for the final exam that is talk about Kirby and the Forgotten Land. And I feel like we're going to nail it, Mark. I am uh, I believe in us. And, um, uh, you oh, know, yes. The, and I think the classic classic us, us yes. <laughs> would believe in us as well. I think they would, too. Um, Mark, we got an email from Petty D about our conversation last week uh, about the uh, Pokemon Bank and uh, that sort of stuff. Patty D writes, Hey guys, just listened to the latest show and I wanted to give you a bare bones rundown of Bank to help clarify. Yes. Pokemon from Virtual Console Games can transfer to Bank using Poke Transporter, downloaded from Pokemon Bank, and can then be played on 3DS games. This also applies to black and white games. Pokemon in Bank can transfer to home to use on Switch games. There are certain catches to what games they can be used on, though. Pokemon Go <coughs> Pokemon Go can also transfer to home. Uh, I know then he says, oh, and then th- there's more. Um, and we'll get back to that in a second. Uh, but Patty D followed up uh, in a different email to be like, hey, guys, I wanted to correct my earlier <laughs> statement about Pokemon Bank. <laughs> I recently discovered that virtual uh, virtual console Pokemon can only get transferred into the Sun and Moon series. Got it. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Um, so, I mean, so I a lot of things to, to address here. Um, first of all, uh, 
let it never be said that we are experts on Pokemon, the Pokemon games, or how the Pokemon services work. Thank you so much to everyone trying to help us yeah, understand. Yeah, oh my gosh, sincerely. Uh, but like, it's a mess. Th- th- thank you for uh, correcting the, the wrong things we say about it. Uh, we will continue to be wrong. Um, and it is a little bit flabbergasting that there's no just unified like thing that uh, but I guess makes there's it like s- it, it cl- clearly from uh, Patty D's email it is such a frankenstein of systems that yep. they have like barely like strung together so it is seems technically possible to get the game the your pokemon from virtual console into like sun and moon and then some of them from sun and sun and moon into home which can yeah. then yeah. somewhat transfer there has to be like a flow chart out there there definitely are flow charts i've seen them before and they make sense um, but it's also one of those things where you're just like, oh, I just won't do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, especially at our like level of investment. Oh yeah, in who Pokemon. cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, again, like Patrick said, we really appreciate people helping us out, especially in such like a because I'm never gonna I like I'm never gonna look at that flow chart and try no. to actually understand it. So thank you, Patty D, for writing in and helping us break that down. Uh, Patty D also has questions about two things. So I guess he answered uh, questions for us and then corrected his answer. Um, I think we owe him uh, the the answer to these two questions. First, what is the origin story of 433 uh, and the perfect uh, Sonic Forces borrowing program? How did you decide on the games involved? Uh, And sorry for the long email. Patty G, not that long of an email. You don't need to apologize. Um, 433, what's the origin story of 433? So uh, this is my memory of it, and let's see if this matches up. So when Patrick and I were first um, thinking about doing a podcast, we met up for lunch in Hollywood at this like kind of like tender greens that is next to Barry's boot camp on like Hollywood and vine or Hollywood and Argyle. There's also a shake shack over there now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, And it was something that Patrick, you kind of had like fully formed. Like you knew it was something that you wanted to incorporate. Well, how I remember it. So one of the uh, things that I was sort of adamant about when we were, first conceiving of this show was that it'd be structured, that it'd be like very structured that we move from like this segment to this segment. Uh, And, you know, obviously our uh, topic episodes have veered off of that a little bit, um, but our news episodes are still pretty regimented. And I was like, I still want there to be a way, like a space where we are just sort of expressing who we are and like being ourselves outside of the bounds of, uh, of Nintendo, Nintendo. And uh, I uh, knew about this jo- the John Cage piece 433 uh, and yeah, just sort of like came in pitching that as like, here's a time when we get to just talk about whatever else. Now, Sonic Forces borrowing program and it being the perfect program, I have to admit, I don't really remember. Here's the thing. It happened on this show, right? Like we, it, the the genesis of I should just lend this out to people who are listening happened on the show. Uh, I do not remember exactly how it went down. Uh, but I think the gist of it was I bought Sonic Forces because I was curious, or because you know every now and then I can be real dumb when it comes to video game franchises that I think I should like. Um, and Sonic is one of them. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles is another one. Um, and uh, so I bought it. I played it for like an hour or two, and was like, I don't like this. What am I supposed to do with this? And I believe it just came up on the show, like, we should lend it to people. Um, And it was just a strange enough idea 
that um, we started putting out there to see if anyone would be interested in doing it. And it started so long ago that I don't think either of us expected anyone to take us up on it. Um, and then people started emailing and getting on the list. And uh, now that's just it. Untitled Goose Game, why did that happen? I think Untitled Goose Game, and luckily I think there's a recorded history of all yeah, of this. Yes. But my memory of what... Uh, <laughs> why Untitled Goose Game happened is that there was a moment when Sonic Forces was lost. Oh, yes. In the mail. Like, the yes. envelope had come back, but there was a hole in the envelope where clearly yes. the cartridge had fallen out. That's right. The game cart had fallen out. And so, or game pack. And so, um... <laughs> cart. What, game cart. <laughs> and so, what... We were in a little bit of a crisis. We knew that the Sonic Forces borrowing program was the perfect program. Right. So, whatever was going to happen was, was what was to meant happen. to happen. Right. Yes. And somebody offered their copy of Sonic Forces. And I think somebody, a listener also maybe recommended or, or said like, hey, what if you did it with Untitled Goose Game? It and does, then, yes. It and then does, like the two ideas got combined. It I does think. seem like it was listener driven that yeah. listeners were like, hey, we're sorry that this is happening to this, maybe the following. And, uh, and then since the program is perfect, um, it continued of its own volition, and which is why I say uh, we have no control over which game no. we get. Um, we, I think if we were in control, of the Sonic Forces Borrowing Program would be over at this point. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you, Patty D. I hope we have answered your questions. You have answered ours, uh, and I still refuse to consult that flowchart. Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. <laughs> So I have been playing Dragon Quest XI S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch. I am at the point in the game, again, as always, uh, a couple of minutes of spoiler, so jump ahead a few minutes if you are concerned about that. But, you know, I uh, just, the last time we talked, I had gotten the, like, pearl from the bottom of the ocean. Yes. And so that's, like, two of the seven, like, orbs you have to get. Yes. And... You know, I talked about before where it was always pretty clear where you were supposed to go. Um, and up to this point, that has been true. And now I have reached a point where, like, it's not so linear. It has opened up a little bit in a way where when I opened the map before, it would say, like, essentially just go here. Like, yeah. do this thing. And now it just says, you got to find the other orbs. You know, if you need hints, you can go back under the surface and ask. But um, it's kind of up to you. So I know generally where I'm supposed to be going and uh, there's like a, a new part of the map that it directs you to and then once you get there it's kind of like open-ended I just went to the um, the school the academy that is for like the mini metal mini metals yes yep mm -hmm. and on that same like these are all the uh, it's um, uh, all like young female enemies Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, or like yeah. It's um it's, it's like a girls it's a school. Young, it's a school yeah. for girls that uh, um it's populated by monsters. And it, it's French. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um everybody speaks with really exaggerated fr French accents. And on that same uh land there is kind of like this South Asian every place that you go, at least so far, has like a, a very specific look to it where yeah. it is very clearly like oh it's supposed to be italy it's supposed to be france um it's like one... a whole bunch of pokemon games in <laughs> yeah, one game totally yeah. with a with a little dash of punch out 
Um, <laughs> and so I'm at this one that's very like Southeast Asian. And that is where I am right now. I'm pretty sure I'm in the correct location for the next thing to happen. Yeah, I think you are. But um, yeah, that's kind of where things stand. Let me know when you head north, Mark. Okay. Uh, I, I want to really uh, talk about when you go into the sort of like uh, Nordic, like Swedish. Oh, era. got it. Yeah, I'm um, not there yet. I'm no, I, I'm looking I'm, forward to it. It's uh, it's awesome. It's where a bunch of great things start happening. Um, uh, Mark, we got an email from Aaron. Aaron writes, hi, Mark and Patrick, I literally finished Dragon Quest XI S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch for the first time last week, and I did not bat an ear when you were calling Silvando by the wrong name. <laughs> yes! I think names in this game are particularly hard to remember uh, for me because I have the Japanese audio on with the English text, and most of the names are different. One particularly egregious change was Silvando's companion, who you talk to when, you're, when you want to board the ship. His name is Dave in English, but Alice in Japanese. I don't understand why the localization team uh, couldn't give a, a masculine man a traditionally female name, uh, but would also keep uh, Silvando so flamboyant. Uh, so yeah, it's just uh, he's 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 confused. Uh, nonetheless, I really enjoyed the game, and I look forward to hearing your conversations as Mark plays through the game. Oh man, I um. <laughs> So glad to hear that on so many levels. But also, <laughs> I'm playing the exact same way, Aaron. I am playing yeah, that's with, how the, I played with too. the English uh, voice acting, but the, or sorry, the Japanese voice acting, but the English subtitles, because um, I just could not do the English voiceover. But um, that is also how I uh, am making my way or was making my way through the triangle strategy demo. Um, it also has every line is voice acted, um, and you can choose between Japanese and uh, English voice acting. Uh, and I had the Japanese uh, on and was like, I'm not really enjoying all these like dialogue heavy things. So I was like, I'll put on the um, English voice acting just to see, you know, maybe it'll be like more engaging that way. Um, but there's just so much dialogue in it that, um, and you know, it's just like, dense you know reams of uh pages of dialogue um about like nothing or just about like the socio-political you know whatever um between these three kingdoms uh and all of it really loosely characterized um in the demo there's one character who i think is kind of interesting uh and only when he's drunk um <laughs> but so i i i played uh, I maybe did another like half an hour or 45 minutes of play within the demo. Didn't get to another fight. Um, and I'm calling it, I'm calling it. I'm done. I'm not, I'm not going to pick up triangle strategy. It's, uh, I'm just pushing my chips in. No, the opposite. I'm taking my chips and I'm going home. Uh, I, d I don't need, I don't need to play uh, triangle strategy. Yeah. It, you know, it's really interesting last week the reviews for Triangle Strategy yep. came out and they were generally positive, but there was a lot of discussion in it about, Hey, you want to like do a battle and then wait an hour until the next one? Because yeah, and that happens frequently. And then the answer is no. Right. I know. And so I, yeah, I think I'm totally not going to pick up Triangle Strategy either. That really, um, it, that just doesn't appeal to me on any level really. Yeah. 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 And you know, it's, uh, it's so funny. Cause like, uh, my, so the thing I have to keep going back to is, uh, Fire Emblem, right? Like Fire Emblem is sort of my, uh, RPG strategy game of choice. 
Um, and when you're not doing battles in Fire Emblem, yeah, there are like cutscenes and there's dialogue and stuff, um, but it's all so driven, even those scenes are also driven by relationships and personalities. And then there are all these like different ways that you're interacting with the characters uh, that build on those relationships. Um, and I just find that way more compelling than like, oh, I'm making a decision that makes my character uh, appear like he's a benevolent leader. And it's like, I don't care about that at all. Yeah. Um, I want to teach in the school or, you know, get these two characters flirting together so they can have kids in the future or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm just, I was not enjoying my time with uh, Triangle Strategy. Yeah, I can't remember if we talked about it last week when we were when we were talking about your experience with the first part of the demo. But I also think for me, one of the thing that, things that has changed since Octopath Traveler came out is there are so many JRPGs that I'm excited yeah. about yeah. on Switch. Whereas before with Octopath Traveler, that was it. The, it. It kind of felt that way, you know, like it was the beginning of that promise. And so now it's like, oh, I'll just not play this because I want to play Live Alive later this year. I right. want to play Dragon Quest Three when it comes out. Going to play Chrono Cross. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. there, there are all of these. Um, and mind you, those are all like classic games. So this is us being old man yelling at Cloud. Um, but uh, not Cloud from Final Fantasy VII, but, you know, the, the Simpsons <laughs> But thing. I could do that, too. <laughs> um, also, I also played Planet Robobot this weekend uh, in its entirety. Um, I downloaded it on Saturday morning. I finished it on Sunday. Obviously, we will be talking about that a lot more on Thursday's episode. Um, but, Mark, did you have... Oh, uh, I was just uh, going to say, you're right, Patrick. It is that you should, listeners, you should just assume that we were also playing Kirby games yes. this week. We're just not going to be talking about them on the Tuesday episodes because we will, of course, be talking them about them throughout the month. Uh, the one thing I was going to say is just because because you and I are not going to check out Triangle Strategy, listener, if yeah. you are playing Triangle Strategy and whether you're enjoying it, not enjoying it, whatever your experience is, we would love to hear about it because we want yeah. to talk about it on the show. It's a big release, but we just don't want to pick it up. But maybe you can change our minds. Uh, well, I, I think my mind is pretty much made up. <laughs> Unless someone is like, oh, at hour three, it gets amazing and stays that way. Then maybe, but like... Well, I can be easily swayed. Okay, well, Mark can be swayed. Um, uh, all right, Mark, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. So this is not a upcoming release, but earlier last week, there is a demo for Kirby in the Forgotten Land that you can download and play right this very minute. Right now! Uh, unlike some previous demos, this is not the kind of thing where it just starts at the beginning of the game and your progress will carry over. This is like a brief taste of what the game has to offer. And judging by the videos online, it's super cute. Super cute. Do you see like the videos of people just walking around waving at Waddle Dees? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, ve it's very adorable. Uh, I have not checked it out yet. Uh, again, I'm kind of up to my eyeballs in other Kirby games as it is. Um, and we're committed to play Forgotten and, Land. And we're committed to it. Yeah. So um, I don't know that we'll, we'll, we won't have any like preview uh, reactions here. Um, but if you want to check it out, uh, you have that option. Also, keep an eye out for Mario-related sales on the eShop this week. Uh, Mario, how do you say this? Marten? Mario, where the I and the O are transformed into a 10 yeah. day. So that's is March 10th yes. is Mario Day. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, the, the, the day is coming up and uh, Nintendo has already teased that there's going to be sales on the eShop or maybe they are already active. Um, and then there are also like other retailers like Amazon, Best Buy, and GameStop are all also advertising sales. So if you are interested in games, 
featuring Mario. They're a little bit less expensive than they normally are. Also coming up on uh, March 10th, I really had to think about how to say that because I was like, I was still transforming it like March. Yeah. <laughs> March 10th, Thursday, Chocobo GP. Chocobo GP! Is released for Switch. I'm excited. Uh, reviews for this are also already kind of dropping, and it's getting kind of exactly the kind of reviews I was expecting, where people are like, this is a pretty competent kart racer game, um, but we think it's only okay. Uh, Mark, it's a $50 game instead of a $60 game. So consider that uh, when next you see me and I've purchased this game and I'm <laughs> playing it and loving it. I mean, yeah, I, the reviews are exactly like you said, but it's exactly what I want. A yeah, cute like, yeah. Final Fantasy card racer. Yes. Well, and like this is uh, so completely the kind of game that I want to... Uh, like veg out and play with Sarah, right? That like we can, she knows how to kart race. She likes it. She's good at it. Um, and like, we can just get into it and like unlock characters together, unlock tracks together. Um, I'm very, it, look, it's dumb. I'm excited about Chocobo GP coming out this week, Mark. I can't believe it. I didn't think this day was actually going to come. Um, and then I also just wanted to point out that uh, there is a game coming out on Wednesday, March 9th called Will You Snail? I will if you ask politely. <laughs> will you please snail? <laughs> uh, all right, Mark, let's get out of the new releases. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, where a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I'll talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, there was a new Batman movie that came out this week. Uh, don't worry, no spoilers, neither of us have seen it. Um, but, uh, I, you know, we commit so much of uh this show uh to talking about like star wars and like marvely stuff and i thought it'd just be fun for us to like talk about dc movies and uh how we feel about them what we want from them what our experiences are of them so mark modern dc movies how do you feel about them they um i haven't seen all of them yeah so i have to put that out there because what i have seen i'm not i have never really like loved there have been some that I've that I've enjoyed, but nothing that I've walked away like saying like oh, I really want to see more of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, for the most part, that's my experience with them too. Um, I really enjoyed the uh, Birds of Prey uh, and the. That's one I didn't see. Oh, it's so good! It's I think you can get it on uh, HBO now. Um, that was one of the last movies I saw in the theater before the uh, pandemic hit. Um, but uh, yeah, I uh, I enjoyed that a lot, and I liked the Suicide Squad uh, quite a bit too. Um, so I think it's just like that tone of DC that I like. I think they hit something fun there, that sort of like um, irreverent edge lord, uh, violent comedy thing, which I have to be like in the right mood to engage with. Um, but yeah, uh, otherwise, um, 
Yeah, like it's been uh, it's been a minute since I've been excited about a DC movie. Have you did you have you watched the is it Peacemaker from the I have not the TV show yet. on HBO Max that's a spinoff of the Suicide Squad? Right. I uh, started to put it on, uh, and Sarah said, "Is this going to be weird and violent?" And I said, "Yeah." And she said, "I don't want to watch that." So we, <laughs> so we yeah, turned it I, off. I haven't watched I haven't watched it either, uh, but I've you know I've heard really good things about it that it has made me interested in it. It's also made me interested in going back and watching the Suicide Squad which I didn't see. I, I think one thing that I do like about DC movies recently that is not really true of Marvel is that DC movies feel much more like writer director driven. Yeah. And yeah. you, and that's either like good or bad, right? Like you, go, you go to a Marvel movie and I feel like I know it's going to be fine. Yeah. Well, and like with with a few exceptions, uh, Marvel movies are absent the personnel, like the strong personality of filmmakers. Obviously, like Taika Waititi is like, a, you know, a, a little bit of an outlier. James Gunn, of course, another but even, like, outlier. But I feel like even that is all through even kind they, of like the yeah. filter. They're sanded down Marvel. Yeah. yeah. And like all the Marvel movies have a really specific look. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they were filmed in a... And sound. Uh, yeah. Look and sound. And, um, but I feel like what a thing I'd like about DC movies, whether I like the movie or not, is I never really know what I'm going to get. Yeah. They are much more like personality driven, which I think is a virtue compared to the Marvel movies. Um, yeah. Are, are there any, uh, it's, it's tough. Cause like, I don't, uh, I don't really have like my finger on the pulse of like what's coming next. If you could will a DC movie into existence, like well, what character well, would you want to see? Okay. So this is not exactly answering your question, but is tangential to it. Because yeah, one of the things we've I think got is, 15 seconds. Oh gosh! Oh no, it's over. Well, I was gonna say the Flash, but we are getting that movie. But then also, uh, this like Spider-Man thing just happened, which sounds a lot like what they're trying to do with the Flash. So, I don't I, know. I mean, Flashpoint is a modern classic storyline. They're gonna not do the best part of Flashpoint, which is uh, the Batman who's Thomas Wayne and uh, the Joker who's Martha. Um, and it was their son who was gunned down in the alley. It's such a good uh, twist on it. Um, but yeah, that's Flashpoint Batman is absolutely what I would want to see. Uh, Mark, we were accompanied today by the Berliner Philharmoniker. Let's get into the news. Warner Brothers Games, TT Games, The Lego Group, and Lucasfilm Games revealed plans for downloadable content for Lego Star Wars, The Skywalker Saga, coming out on April 5th. The game, not the DLC. Well, but also some of the DLC coming out the day the game is releasing. This so-called character collection will release in the form of seven different packs, each based on movies and TV shows that aren't technically part of The Skywalker Saga, um, but our characters that you may want to see in this game and play as. So they're just uh, sliding them in this way. Yeah, but w w with like two sort of notable exceptions that I don't understand and we have to talk about, but let's let's do these first two first. Okay, so uh, on April 5th, the, game, the day the game releases, the Mandalorian Season 1 character pack releases with uh, Mando, a Grogu as a non-playable character. Which, what is happening there? What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean non-playable? What? What is... Does he just, like, follow someone around in his little, like, bassinet? Like, yeah, what? I guess. Like, you... Which I think is so funny that they include non... Like, Grogu is non-playable because it's like, well, we got to have Grogu. Right. But you can't play as Grogu. So you're just going to pay money to look at Grogu. Yeah. 
Which I do anyway. Which, yes, right. I mean, like, that's that's the premise of Mandalorian yeah. as far as I'm concerned. So also this pack are Grief, Karga, Cara Dune, IG-11, and Quill. 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 That little guy who rides the whatever. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Sure, the one with the face. The one with the face, yeah. No, he rides the the that like weird cow thing, the lizard cow thing. From the first season. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I like that character a lot. Oh, what are those things called? They're on Cloud it's City. Like, it's like Blurg. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, the, no, the, he's an Ugnaught. He's an Ugnaught. Yeah, that's yeah, right. But the thing he's riding is a Blurg. Right. Um, And then also on April 5th. Also, sorry, I just, I just had to go back. Uh, that it's very funny that uh, Grief Karga, that's Bill Burr's character. So like Bill Burr is going to be in this game. <laughs> Okay, uh, Solo, a Star Wars story character pack, also released on April 5th, featuring such much-loved characters as Young Han, Young Chewie, Young Lando, Kira, Tobias cool. Beckett, and Emphis Nest. So I, I, li- I really like the inclusion of Kira, Beckett, and Emphis Nest. I think that's cool. Um, I don't need Young Han, Young Chewie, and Young... First of all, Young Chewie? <laughs> young Chewie? What are we talking about? By, like, about? 20 years. Chewie's, like, 700 years old. <laughs> yeah, he's 200, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> He's not Yoda, Mark. <laughs> He's like 200 years old. What is 20 years? It's like nothing. Yeah. yeah. He looks exactly the same. Sorry, yes. I said it. Uh, it's a compliment. Um, and then also coming later, there's classic character pack on April 19th, including Luke, Leia, Han, Vader, and Lando. Early access with some with certain like pre-tail, retail pre-orders. Um, what does this mean? Classic character pack includes... Luke, Leia, Han, Vader, and Lando. Wait a second. Does that mean those characters aren't in the game? But don't they have to be because it's all of the movies? And they feature pretty prominently in three of them. Yes. And then a couple of them in uh, in the sequels as well. I don't know what this means. Maybe it allows you to play as them in the movies they're not in. So, like, you can play as Luke, Leia, Han, Vader, and Lando in, like, the prequel trilogy. Or it means that you're playing the original trilogy as C-3PO. Like, that would be funny. Because George Lucas always wanted to tell, yep. like, you know, he said, these stories are the being told from the point of view of the droids. That's right. That's right. That would be amazing. That would be, <laughs> that would be hilarious. Uh, also, on May 4th is the Trooper Pack, which includes the Death Trooper, Incinerator Trooper, Range Trooper, Imperial... Uh, shore trooper and Mimbon stormtrooper. Which so I yeah, I, I don't know what the Mimbon stormtrooper is, but the Imperial shore trooper is like the uh, from the, Rogue One. I think it's the Rogue One. Oh, one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, also early access for digital pre-orders, and then there's well, that's that's uh, early access for digital pre-orders. The other one was the oh classic for retail pre- pre-orders. Is, yeah. So already we're seeing that there are like. Uh, some you know maximizing uh, retailer relationship things happening here. Rogue One, a Star Wars Stories character pack, releases on April 19th. That includes Jin, Bodhi, Cassian, K2SO, uh, Chirrut, Bay. Yeah. This- is it Baze? Yeah. And then uh, Krennic. Um, which, like, those are all cool, fun characters. Uh, Mandalorian Season 2 character pack on May 4th. Uh, so Katano, Boba Fett, Bo-Katan, Fennec Shand, and Moff Gideon. Um, which, uh, like, okay, if we want to say those characters come from uh, Mandalorian, that's fine. 
Also on May the 4th, a Bad Batch character pack with Hunter, Wrecker, Tech, Crosshair, and Echo. But not Omega! So I have to, look, look, I try not to get, like, upset about stupid things on this show. But the fact that they have all of the Bad Batch, but not Omega, even to say, like, Omega as a non-playable character... Maybe that would be okay, but she should be in the Bad Batch content. It's also interesting that, because Ome- I have not watched the Bad Batch, yes. my understanding is that Omega is like uh, the sister of Boba Fett, like a clone. So yeah, so Boba Fett is an unaltered clone uh-huh. of Jango Fett, um, just as Omega is an unaltered clone of Jango Fett. So like... Are they sibling? They're as close to sibling. They are closer to siblings than Boba Fett is to all of the clones. Oh, got it. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's it. Sh- well, I'm just saying that there's no Boba Fett, which you know, fair that it's like. I just think it's interesting. There's no Boba Fett because he could be part of the Mandalorian season two. No, he is. Oh wait. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I retract my comment. Um. Yeah. Oh. This this whole thing is uh. I, uh, well, I guess I guess we can we, let's finish up the list and then talk about what any of this. Yeah, means. the 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 final point here is that digital pre-orders also get classic Obi Wan Kenobi, which again begs the question: Is classic Obi Wan Kenobi? And I assume that that means like Alec Guinness style Obi Wan Kenobi. That's my assumption as well. Does that mean he's not normally playable in the game without these DLC characters? Also, this game has been delayed and delayed and delayed. Um, uh, over a year of, of delays. Uh, and then within the first month that the game is out, seven different packs of uh, characters that you can buy as a collective or piecemeal um, are, are released like right on top of it. It feels so slimy and so smarmy. Like, you're a Lego game. Just put all the characters in the game. They've already... Well... We will see what ends up being true, but initially they said there were like 140 playable characters in the game, right? Wasn't it something totally yeah, nuts well, like and th- that? And then they they were also like, like Yaddle. So maybe we should have known <laughs> at the time that they're like, yeah, we got Yaddle. We got Snice Noodles. We got we got Bib oh, Fortuna. Please let the <laughs> Snice Noodles I would love, I be hope, a playable I character. Snice Noodles is a playable please, character. Please, so much. But Patrick, there's a lot of mouths to feed here. When it, the, uh, Warner Brothers games, TT games, <laughs> yes. the Lego group, yes. Lucasfilm games. Everybody's got, you know, they're uh, got to get their piece of the pie i just got I, the, the, this uh the the news about these this downloadable content that's all coming out within the first month of the game's release has i'm still excited for the game i'm still gonna buy it i'm still excited to play but it soured me on like the concept of lego skywalker or uh, lego star wars skywalker saga i think it may not be the sort of like dream lego star wars scenario that uh we were hoping yeah, for i'm definitely i have, we've obviously had our eyes on this game for a long time, but I will be looking at reviews yeah. before I make my purchase yeah. for sure. And again, why no Omega? Why? They had to make room for classic Obi-Wan, which uh, eventually we will learn what that means. Okay. N- Nintendo recently updated the Nintendo Switch Online app on the Switch to include some missions and rewards that you can access directly in the app. For example, you can earn platinum points right now by playing Super Mario Brothers on Nintendo Switch Online or playing a game that supports online play. Uh, and then you earn those platinum points. You can also redeem platinum points 
for rewards such as uh mission uh, avatars like avatar backgrounds yeah and avatar borders which we were messing around a little bit and with a little bit and uh, in classic nintendo online style a little bit okay it yeah works. it's it's a little obtuse um you it's it's easy to spend the platinum points that's that's pretty easy to do um but you have to once you buy them you have to view them i guess there are multiple ways to do it um but uh it wasn't immediately apparent to me that you can uh highlight the box in the upper left hand corner of like the sort of main screen of nintendo switch online uh and you can put together um a new icon for your like avatar nintendo switch online by putting a character on a background in a frame uh, and like generating new icons that way. Um, right now there are um, Super Mario Odyssey characters that go away pretty soon um, and uh, uh, Animal Crossing characters that go away like the end of April or something. Um, so it seems like something that they're going to be updating as we go and obviously taking things away as well. So there's a little bit of a non-gamified Nintendo badge arcade uh, thing going on here, which I think is cool. Like, I'm, I'm glad that they're getting to a place where you can personalize your online experience a little more. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's just weird that it's under, like, these sort of draconian Nintendo online systems. Yeah, I like, I like the idea that you can buy backgrounds and borders separately, and you can, you know, combine them in different ways. But in limited different ways. You couldn't put a Mario Galaxy background uh, behind an Animal Crossing mm, character. Mm -hmm. They have to, like, everyone stays in their own game. But it, look, it, it took a little too much discovery to, like, figure out exactly how it works. Yes! But definitely, I think it is cool that they have implemented something like this. Um, I, I guess, fingers crossed, they continue to refine it. Uh, I don't have a ton of hope that it's going to change or change rapidly. Because related, Nintendo also updated the Nintendo Switch Online phone app to version 2.0. And while it is a major release number, it has some pretty minor improvements. Like, you can now easily copy your friend code from the app. Oh, boy. <laughs> like, you you know, it, it does the uh, thing that, you know, phones do where you just press something and it says copy. And then now it's on your, like, clipboard, like a phone number or something. You can now do that with friends codes, and uh, you can see which friends are online, which is something that you weren't able to do previously, and you can change your online status settings also on the app now. I wasn't aware that you could set a status. Yeah, I wasn't either. Does that just mean that, like, if you are online, you can use the app to show, to, like, show yourself as offline? <laughs> I mean, that's a great question. <laughs> or if you're not online, but you are using the app, that you can appear to be online? For, to what end? You, you can be like, uh, I'm playing Mario Tennis Aces. <laughs> Why would Nintendo allow us to lie to our friends like this? Uh, I like it. I like it. Anything <laughs> that lets us lie to our friends, I think, is, uh, is, is a good feature. Indie Fighting Darlene, Them's Fightin' Herds, can be uh, maybe making its way to the Nintendo Switch. The game originally released on PC in 2020 and has been rated by the ESRB for Switch. Um, this is exciting to me. Them's Fightin' Herds is uh first of all love uh love the name um but it is a one-on-one -on -one, uh, sort of classic fighting game where all the characters are like my little pony characters uh this the story goes that the developer and uh, originally wanted to make a my little pony fighting game 
um, like based on the Friendship is Magic TV show. Couldn't get the the rights because why would you be able to? Um, Hasbro is uh, stingy with those things um, and uh, instead just made their own characters. Um, so the, the game has a lot of cred in the fighting game community as just being like solid mechanically. Um, but then beyond that, it has uh, like interesting single player um, options, which not all fighting games have. Uh, where there's like a little campaign mode and you uh, play as all the characters on these little stories and uh, the characters all express themselves to each other. And it looks great. Uh, this is a game that I've been, uh, I've had on my wish list for a while. Um, I, I have a Mac at home, so I, I can't play something if it's just on uh, Steam for not Apple, um, which uh, them's fighting herds to this, uh, to, to date has not been available uh, on anything but Steam for PC stuff. Um, so if it comes over to Switch, I'm going to get a chance to play this game. So I'm very excited about the opportunity to play Them's Fighting Herds. In the blog post last week, Yacht Club Games provided a sales breakdown of uh, sales for Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon and Cyber Shadow. The game sold best on Switch, and I don't have the exact breakdown in front of me, but it's like not even a contest. Like Switch far and away yeah. was the best-selling platform for these games. But the part that I thought was interesting is uh, the Yacht Club Games reports that Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon has sold 35,000 copies across all platforms. And Cyber Shadow has sold 85,000 copies across all platforms. And that seems really it's low not, to me. It's not, it's not a, especially considering the success of Shovel Knight uh, and all of the uh, you know, attendant releases uh, that that were part of the tre uh, treasure trove. Um, yeah, these feel like kind of small numbers. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if, I mean, I I loved Cyber Shadow. Thought it was great. Um, I liked Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. Okay, uh, but that is definitely like a specific uh, type of game that I don't think necessarily speaks to the Shovel Knight audience. Um, like it is, it's very, it's a very like puzzly kind of game. It's, it's one, it's a weird one where, um, it has a sort of casual gaming style to the gameplay, but is difficult. Um, so it's almost like the worst of both worlds. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a bummer to me that Cyber Shadow, uh, didn't find a, a bigger audience. Yeah. Well, you know, and a few weeks ago when Yacht Club Games announced their new game, Mina the, Ho Mina the Hollower. Yes. And they set up a Kickstarter for it. At the time, that was that took me by surprise because of how successful I think sh of Shovel Knight is being. And, you know, I mean, in the Kickstarter, they say, hey, you know, we're fine for money. It's not like we're in dire straits or anything. But they just recently became a publisher as well as a developer. And I think Cyber Shadow was the first yeah. game that they that was not developed by them that they published. So it was just interesting to me to see these numbers. I think it's kind of cool that Yacht Club Games has been is so transparent about um, how their games perform because usually that stuff is like so, you know, like secretive. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that they said when they launched this new Kickstarter was that they were doing it, you know, like you said, they're fine for the money, but uh, the reason that they're doing it this way is to sort of build the community around the game, update people who are fans of it, and like really get them invested in what the game is, uh, which uh, they didn't do for Pocket Dungeon. They didn't do for Cyber Shadow. Um, and maybe we're seeing the result of that borne out in these uh, kind of lackluster numbers. If you get the 35,000 people that, that bought uh, Pocket Dungeon, 
um, because they were excited about Shovel Knight. Uh, if you get those 35,000 people to kickstart, uh, what's the name of the, the new game? Mino's? Mina the Hollower. Mina the Hollower. Um, if you get them uh, receiving regular updates about the game, they're going to be talking about it more. They're going to be thinking about it more um, and possibly talking to other people about it more. Like, I, I think we maybe gave them crap about it when uh, it was originally announced, but like, it's a solid strategy to like get people to feel like they are invested in uh, in this project. So, totally. Um, yeah, it's uh, uh, go, go play Cyber Shadow. If, <laughs> if 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 you like ninja games at all, uh, go play Cyber Shadow. It's super fun. It feels like Ninja Gaiden, um, but has a like futuristic setting and a weird, creepy story. I thought it was a really good game. It bums me out that it didn't even sell 100,000 copies. The first wave of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe DLC will be arriving next Friday. Outrageous. Outrageous. That is crazy. And uh, Nintendo has recently put up an, an FAQ addressing some questions about how the whole thing works. One interesting thing to note, if you access the DLC through a Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack subscription... Only the user on the Switch who is subscribed to the service can access the tracks. But if you purchase the Booster Course Pass separately, um, so you're not getting it through Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack. You're genuinely paying the $24.99 for it. All users on the Switch can access the new tracks. So keep that in mind. Uh, I don't know what exactly... what. Like it's tough to wrap your head around like why that why that matters, but just know uh, that how you access the um, booster pass uh, booster pack booster pass booster booster course pass um, does determine who on the switch can use it. Yeah, yeah. We already know that a summer update for Nintendo Switch Sports will add baseball to the game's lineup, but. Could there be more sports on the way? Could there be more sports on the way? Data mining on Nintendo Switch Sports has revealed references to both dodgeball and basketball in the code. So, Mark, now we begin uh, some speculation. Does that mean those are just games that they were working on that they eventually scrapped? Uh, does it mean these are games that are coming? Does it mean that any number of other games could be buried in that code somewhere? Um, what do we know? What don't we know? What do we want to happen? I think it would be cool if they continued to release free updates for it. It's only if you buy the digital version, it's only 40 bucks, which again, yeah. seems like such a, to me, such like a good deal to be able to play Wii Sports again, essentially, yeah. you know, but. And play it online. And play it online. And so just adding additional games, especially new games like Dodgeball, I could totally see how that would work. Uh, with motion controls, basketball. I'd be interested to see how that works. I want to see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I am. I hope that we will continue to see these trickle out the same way. You know, Mario. Actually, this is probably better than what we got with Mario Tennis Aces. Yeah, totally. And you know, like uh, um, Kirby Star, Star Allies. Allies. Uh, it's Kirby Month. <laughs> we know everything about Kirby, including um, the names of some of the games. <laughs> But yeah, I think uh, I hope this is true. That would be awesome. Yeah, I, I hope so too. I, I imagine that it will. The likelihood of there being more games coming to Nintendo Switch Sports will be tied directly to the number of copies the game sells, right? Like if uh, if it sells well, they will be like, yes, this is a thing that we support. But I, I think in some ways it is a gamble, Nintendo Switch Sports, um, and we'll have to see if the audience that was there for the Wii 
uh, continues to be here for this. You know, I would argue the counter almost, where Ooh. even and not not that if it sells really well, they won't. We got a crossfire these. situation. <laughs> crossfire. No, not like that. Like oh. the TV show. <laughs> oh, less interested. Yes. Well, only because I don't know the theme song. Um, the uh, I don't think sales necessarily incentivize it because you know I think if it's already in the works, if it sells well, they're not going to. I don't think they're just going to be like, well, let's not release these. We sold it. Yeah, that's a good point. I But if it is not sold to their expectations, there may actually be a reason to keep releasing these because, especially if a lot of the dev work is already done, because that might incentivize sales in the future because people might say like, oh, this is a complete package or yeah. more of a complete package or I'm really interested in seeing how dodgeball works. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. What if uh, dodgeball and uh, basketball are part of a paid DLC that you can access with the Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Ooh, Pack? Ooh, well, as a Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack subscriber, that'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, as someone who's already paying for it, like, yeah, that would be good. <laughs> yeah. Crossfire! Over. In related, does this mean anything news? A Reddit user named Videopanda7113 received a YouTube advertiser survey asking them, quote, next time you buy a downloadable content pack, which one are you most likely to buy? And one of the options was Mario Party Superstars, which as of now doesn't have any DLC. Mm. So do we think we mean this means it's on the way? Do we think that whoever the advertiser who was paying the survey was not Nintendo and so you know, confused it with the... Uh, anything else. Anything else. <laughs> yeah. Do we think that this is like a, um, almost like control thing where they're like, well, we, there is not going to be, you know, um, a DLC for this or there is not. So we'll actually use this to see if people are like paying attention to the survey or know what they're, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, w- with a couple of, Notable exceptions. Um, Nintendo has been pretty straightforward this generation about what games they're going to be supporting post-launch and what games are they're just putting out there, right? Like, we know that Tennis Aces, we know that the Golf Super Rush, we knew uh, Luigi's Mansion, obviously we know Splatoons, um, that all of those games were going to be supported. Animal Crossing, like all of them, right? Um, But Mario Party... Superstars. Superstars. Uh We know the names of all the games. (laughs) Um, That they they never let on that they were going to be like adding additional characters or courses or whatever um, after launch. That's true, but I would say they also didn't really say anything about Super Mario Party, and that had a huge update just a few months ago that included like online and everything. That's it, though. That's all it included, Mm -hmm. and it, it already had online. They just made everything playable online i see um so like the hugeness of the update is not it's and it's not like content you know it's not new assets or anything like that i would guess that you're right that it is a, just a little bit of a control thing um that that, that option in the survey was a little bit of a, a control item there um something that uh this made me think of that i want to loop back to uh now that it is way in the rearview mirror um them's fighting herds uh, well, uh, list uh, rated by the ESRB has not been confirmed as coming to Switch by either the uh, developer, publisher, or Nintendo itself, which has me thinking if there are breadcrumbs, but no one is saying, yeah, it's coming. Uh, maybe we have a indie world showcase coming up. Ooh, and they're holding it for that. Oh yeah, 
I'd be into it. Yep. I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to turn my nose up at an Indie World Showcase. I'm just saying this is me planting my flag. Uh, Indie World Showcase in the next two weeks, I'm uh, calling it. But we are really going to have to figure out what to do if an Indie World Showcase happens on like a Wednesday. Ooh. In, in the middle of Kirby Month. In the month. middle of Kirby Month. Although I guess something similar happened in Kid Icarus Month. And we lived to tell the tell. Yeah, I don't remember what happened. We talked about the showcase and then... Oh, and then we just pushed everything back. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, it's... I mean... Kirby Month can be whatever we want it to be. <laughs> a port of Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire was announced for Switch back in 2018. Deadfire! <laughs> but after being announced for a holiday release that year, then delayed to 2019, we haven't heard anything since until now. On Publisher versus Evil's Discord, one of the developers confirmed the port has been canceled, joining Steep in the great port graveyard <laughs> in the sky. Ah, uh, Steep. Um, Mark, Pillars of Eternity 2, Deadfire. Uh, was this a game that you were uh, excited about coming so out? So Pillars of Eternity, mm-hmm. full stop, was like the first one, which actually is on Switch, is uh, an RPG that I've always been interested in diving I see. into. It's one of those, Because yes. it's totally right up my alley. Um, but I've, like, I just didn't have the time when it came out. Don't have a PC that could play it. And you know, didn't pick up the Switch version. And so now I don't know when, but never say never because, you know, I'm playing Dragon Quest XI S Echoes of Elusive Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch. And one day I may decide that um, Pillars of Eternity is something I'm going to go back to. Yeah, and we'll mess up the one of the characters' names in that one too. <laughs> and finally, there's a version of the Nintendo Switch OLED model being sold in Japan that comes in a special Kirby mouthful mode box. No, this is... Uh, I, I, I encourage everyone to go look this up. Nintendo Switch OLED mouthful mode. Um, it Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's just like a, a, a pink slip sleeve that like goes over the box. Yeah, I think that, that's how I see it too. Uh, it is a slip sleeve that has like a top. So it is yes. truly like uh, in a way like Kirby actually... I suppose if it were, let me it describe. It would have to be from the mouth. Yes, because yeah. let me, what it actually is, is it appears, you know, you would like place it on top of it. You would cover the box. I mean, it, it is totally unclear. It may be that like the box just is this pink Kirby thing. Maybe they just like tape them together and you have to do it yourself. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, it's a solid pink box. Um, and then it's like Kirby's like face and he's got like puffed up cheeks. Like uh-huh. he's trying to hold in. The Nintendo OLED. Yeah, it's cute. But I agree with you, Patrick. My one note would be they should have figured out a way to have it be like <laughs> yeah. you insert it into its mouth. Right. It's and like pull a it out rubbery. Of the mouth. You got to like <laughs> pry open the mouth and yeah. like jam it in there. <laughs> That's my uh, one note. Um, they're only available in Japan. Uh, it's evidently being sold in extremely limited quantities. So it seems like a cool like collector's thing um, and just a funny I don't know. I, I love this. I think it's so... I love mouthful mode. Yep. I'm hoping that we get many more mouthful mode things in the future. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right, Mark. Let's close out the news. And that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you like the episode, please share it on Facebook or Twitter 
or any place that you can share a thing. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And the show is at Nin Cart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Apebetty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying put Omega in Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. And thank you for listening. I'm Brian Husky. I'm bald. And I'm Charlie Sanders, and I'm also bald. And we host Bald Talk on the Campfire Media Network. Bald Talk is the podcast where two bald comedians talk to anyone bald about being bald. But this show isn't just for baldies, Brian. Harrows will love it, too. Bald Talk gets into vulnerability, vanity, insecurity, and self-acceptance, reminding us that we all have our respective bald spots. Not that bald spots are a bad thing. No way. I mean, my entire head is one big bald spot. It is one huge, beautiful bald spot, Charlie. Get Bald Talk on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I I have like a little bit of hair, but not like you. Like you're really bald. I'm truly bald. Great. I mean, it's I'm great. balder than it. you. You are balder than me. Only on Bald Talk. Campfire. <laughs>